With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with yet another Tim May podcast, an aptly named podcast, I do believe. And uh, and uh, this another special edition for one of another term because uh, – I've got a special guest on. I've been looking forward to having on for a while to explain this phenomenon known as JT Tuimoloau. And uh, who better to talk about him than his high school coach, his former high school coach now, right, Dominic Dasty? Correct, yeah. Yeah, but Dominic, Dominic Dasty is joining me on my podcast uh, from way out in uh, Washington State. And Dominic, uh, just, you know, let's just get, jump right into it. Why is this guy considered maybe the best or one of the top three uh, recruits in the country for the 2021 pot for the 2021 recruiting season, which by the way, with him committing just finished, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. what just jumps out about this guy that makes him that special in your opinion? I think when you talk about, um, the whole package in terms of obviously he's a great player, right? But he's a good student. He's a really good person. Um, the day and age now where coaches are tied to the guys they recruit and, they have to put their butt on the line in terms of academics and character and things of that nature. I don't think you have to worry about that with anything with uh, JT. And so, um, you know, and so um, obviously there's a physical piece, right? Which is he's special. Yeah. Um, you can't teach six, six and arm length and speed to power and all those kinds of things that, you know, all the buzzwords people talk about, he has all those. So, but at the end of the day, it's the stuff that's off the field that it makes him really special, I think. And he's such a humble kid. His family has done a great job uh, raising him and stuff. And so I think when you talk about who he is off the field, he's a great student, um, you know, and who he is as a person, as a young man, uh, is, is really what makes him a really, really special kid. What was your office? Well, Guys really didn't get to travel and do a lot of recruit. This has been the strangest recruiting season of all time, hasn't it? The last two years. <laughs> yeah, it uh, really has. Uh, leading up to the start of the pandemic, obviously our school's pretty busy. We're very fortunate to have a bunch of good players. You know, it's, um, it's the only thing that makes me a good coach is good players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, our school's pretty busy, right? We have guys going by all the time, and so. Uh, Ohio State has another one of our kids in G. Scott, and so they're obviously familiar with our school and, and uh, how we operate and stuff. So um, it's usually a pretty busy place, but the pandemic has kind of shut it down and um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings like on Zoom and, and Teams. Yeah. And uh, so was was that easier or, or much tougher to deal with from your vantage point? I mean, from your situation there trying to – because I, you know, I know high school coaches like to coordinate things to a certain extent to keep some, some, uh, some civility to it all. But I, how tough was it uh, watching him be recruited in the Zoom pandemic era? I think it it takes a toll on you, right? I mean, I think the normal recruiting obviously um, can be tough, you know. But yeah. um, trying to coordinate all these meetings and I think it just takes a toll on him. Uh, family or young man who's 17, 18 years old and um, 
you know, you're making a big decision for you and your family, but it's hard when you're not getting all the information, probably a little frustrating, I would guess, um, you know, and so, but, you know, everybody was dealing with it a little bit, right? The, the kids uh, before JT's class really didn't get recruited at all, you yeah. know, so uh, he, uh, he, he's in a great situation, which he's made for himself. Hey, uh, how did you, but how did you help them sort of sort through that from a coach's standpoint? Like you just said, I mean, even before JT, the, the year before, I mean, uh, what, what did you just keep telling them, you know, when they would get in on maybe Zoom meetings or, uh, or things like that where people are trying to sway them one way or the other? And, you know, recruiting is recruiting. You know? uh, yeah. It's the, one of the great salesman jobs out there, one of the worst, depending on your point of view, you know. But uh, yeah. what did you just tell them to watch for, you know, that uh, – little tips or whatever, give, give people an idea behind the scenes there. Um, you know, I've, I guess I have a little bit more insight, I guess. I don't know. I, I coached collegially for 15 years and yeah. came to Eastside Catholic. And so I've been on both sides of the table um, trying to get people to commit or, or doing what I do now. And so the biggest thing I told JT is you have to be happy as to where you're going, right? Um, there is some business aspects to this, but the worst thing that can happen is you wake up every day and you're not happy with where you're at, who's coaching you. Um, the people around you, right? Everybody who's talking to you is going to have great facilities. You know, they're all going to have nice uniforms. They're all going to have the tangible things, right? But the people are what make the place. And so, um, you know, yeah. uh, the coaches, <laughs> trainers, yeah. and, and that's the hard part, right? Because you can't visit campus, you can't meet those people. And so, um, you know, I may uh, I may get ran out of town here soon, considering I yeah. went to Auburn. <laughs> I went there, but um, uh, I try not to give an opinion on specific schools. I just try to help them navigate the process and, and how to come to an informed decision. Yeah, most people maybe don't know this, but being you, you were you, you played at University of Washington. You went to University of Washington right down the road, and uh, uh, that how tough is that to be? Because you know you got a you have alumni blood, but then you also have this brotherhood blood. You know, with the with the young men you coach, how how yeah. tough is it to try to be neutral for one of another term? Uh, you know, because I'm good friends with some of the guys at UW, right? And they understand yeah. the business part of it. I probably get the most grief from former teammates. Uh, you know, after that decision came down yesterday, I got some funny texts as to uh, you know, what the hell are you doing over there, things of that nature, um, but. Um, it's, I think when you've coached a little bit, you kind of get removed from, um, you know, having that huge attachment to a place yeah. and then wrong. I love you, Dub, and I have a huge attachment, but, I'm, um, when you get to know the people, I mean, we have, you know, a hundred coaches coming out through the year and you get to know them, you become friends with them. And so those relationships, um, you know, mean a lot too. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I grew up, I was born in Alabama, raised in Alabama and Texas, went to Alabama home games. And, you know, everybody thinks just because that was my favorite team when I was a kid, you know, it endures. But uh, when you become a sports writer, believe me, you see behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> you don't really have a favorite anymore. But uh, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, it, but it's still hard for people to understand, especially when Ohio State like plays Alabama last year, you know, who you're rooting for. So really, I'm rooting for the game to be over really fast, you know, for deadlines, <laughs> et cetera. But uh, I digress. Uh, Jumping right into it, I mean, he talked. Uh, JT talked about the, the, you know, the brotherhood of the players at Ohio State. He finally, and uh, you know, the thing about it is, everybody was sort of wondering what's going on as a recruitment. But he was taking your advice. I mean, or 
you know, maybe his family's advice too. Hey, I want to see this place before I, you know, decide that's where I want to spend my next three or four years. As he said, he did come out and have a great visit at Ohio State, but that that was smart on his part, right? I think so. I mean, it's just um, it's hard because I think he knew in his mind he was getting behind a little bit in terms of conditioning and working out with his future teammates, wherever that may be, but he had to make an informed decision for himself, right? He had to um, make sure that the place he was going to spend, hopefully three, four, five years or whatever it may be, um, that it was the right place for him and his family. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I, can you hold that against anybody? I mean, really, I mean, in, yeah. in the strangest of times, uh, uh, how much have you gotten to know either by zoom or phone calls or maybe even, I don't know if, I don't know if Larry Johnson, did Larry Johnson, did he finally get out there face to face? Did uh, Yeah. Yeah. Larry came out uh, before the pandemic started, um, coach him and coach day and coach Hartline. Who yeah. UG. Um, I was a graduate assistant when Tony Alfred was at university of Washington, uh, you know, who was one of the best people in the world. Yes. Uh, you know, and so uh, I, I was familiar with, with the staff and, and Larry, um, is so genuine, right? I didn't spend a, a, a bunch amount of time with him, but you can tell right away he's just a good person, right? He's a very genuine and authentic person. And uh, the as you alluded to earlier a little bit, as the recruiting process can be sometimes the hardest job or a little bit of a used car salesman, right? That's the yeah. opposite of he is. Yeah, I was going to say, he pretty much tells it as it is. You know, I admire the man for all kinds of reasons, uh, but one of it, the man never says a cuss word. <laughs> that's hard to believe you're a football coach and never say a cuss word. Uh, but but that's his approach. But uh, his his reputation as a defensive line defensive lineman guru, uh, from your vantage point, how much did that play a part in this too? I mean, the the people Ohio State has put into the the National Football League. I mean, uh, for example. Uh, the list is long, you know, it kind of is the flip side. You know, I go, well, you know, I would have been a hell of a track coach if I coached Jesse Owens, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it takes two to tango in that regard. But how much do you think that played a role in this? Just uh, his track record. I think it has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I think um, JT has aspirations of playing in the NFL. And so um, you're going to probably want to go to a teacher that has a track record of, of making guys uh, NFL caliber caliber players. And so um, I think all the schools that he was being recruited by probably had that um, ability. But when you talk about recruiting, I think it's the connection you make with the people going back to uh, Larry. I know he had a great connection with all the guys he recruited, but there was something special about his relationship with Coach Day, um, probably the whole staff at Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to say, explain to me Ohio State's presence out there, because that's a long way away from from, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, even by plane, <laughs> but yeah. uh, can you explain what's kind of going? I mean, Emika Ekbuka, like you talked about, G. Scott Jr. You know, G. Scott Sr. is one of my favorite people, uh, and you know, I know you've met him. And uh, but uh, explain to me what's going on there. Um, I think when you start talking about Ohio State and the upper echelon schools around the country, I mean, they have a brand regardless of where you're at, right? What part of the country you're in, their brand touches you, right? They're on TV. Um, and I think the day and age has even changed. I'm, I'm old, but I guess um, we're talking about 20 years ago. I didn't have the relationship with recruits in my area like the kids do now. Yeah. Right? Because of um, training and off-season conditioning and seven-on-seven seven or 
whether it be AAU basketball that they all play and all that kind of stuff. All these kids know each other now, right? So there's this network and there's this um, relationship all these guys have. And it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to see because they are kind of, you know, pulling together. And I, I think Amaka um, and G probably recruited each other a little bit to Ohio State. And I know they both recruited JT to Ohio State. So, um, you know, I think all that, all those relationships have changed over the years and how people communicate in terms of social networking and all that kind of stuff. So the world has obviously gotten smaller, um, you know, but I think Ohio State's brand touches everybody. Yeah, I was going to say they recruit heavily. Well, they recruit hard to the state of Texas, but they target guys. You know, they don't necessarily throw a blanket out there. They right. just kind of go in. And I'm sure that's what they did with G. Scott Jr. and, uh, and JT. Hey, you know, uh, JT, as a basketball player, what's his upside there, in your opinion, from what you've seen? I mean, I've seen him do some things in a basketball court that 265 <laughs> pounds shouldn't be doing, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's – I think regardless of what he does, he's really, really good at it, right? We A couple of years ago, we always go to Boise for – Boise State for camp. And along the way, we take a big bus and all that stuff, but we stopped and had kind of a bowling tournament, right? JT's yeah. Four and he goes out and bowls like a 260 or whatever. And he's just one of those guys who I think stuff comes naturally to him. But um, in terms of basketball, I think um, his hand-eye coordination and some of that aggressiveness in football, you know, he plays basketball like a football player a little bit, right? He's physical and yeah. underneath in the block, he, you know, he's aggressive and uh, still has the finesse and touch to put the ball in the hoop. I was going to say he'll fit right in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, I, I just remember when Orlando Pace was being recruited, he also played basketball, you know, and uh, he pretty much came down as just a football player. But can you imagine Orlando Pace in the middle, in, in the paint? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they'd be running out of the paint. Hey, well, last couple of things. Uh, uh, I asked you a while ago about, you know, uh, your, your, your alma mater and how tough it was when they come, come around and stuff. But uh, is it amazing to you uh, how, how national, uh, universal and national recruiting is anymore that, uh, you know, even, even kids in Ohio leave Ohio to go elsewhere, you know what I mean? Type thing. And this idea that you, I've always said, you know, the dotted lines are the only thing that make that an issue, you know, the dotted lines on a map and stuff. But, uh, is that, is that amazing to you? I mean, like you said, you you know, like we talked about, you played at the University of Washington 20 years ago and stuff, but uh, is it amazing how just more national, all these, even Washington has become in a recruiting, uh, you know, side of, you look where Oregon recruits, et cetera. It, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, I think now colleges are so into finding the right fit for their program, yeah. right? And that always doesn't um, – there's always not enough kids within the state or two, 300 mile radius, right. They have to go elsewhere. And so um, when you think about it, you're right. It's just lines. And the, the biggest thing I think for young people, and I think some of the things JT was struggling with was, Hey, can my family watch me play? Right. How yes. tough is it going to be? And that was a decision for a lot of our kids who leave is like, you know, I want my family to watch me play. And if I'm across the country, that's going to be a little tougher for them. Um, and so that's probably the biggest part when guys are trying to figure out what they're going to do and how far away they're going to go. Um, but in terms of, uh, I think as a 17, 18 year old, three or four years seems like an eternity where <laughs> a little bit older people like myself, that's uh, obviously not that big of a time span when you talk about what you're getting done in that, in that time frame. 
and what you're getting accomplished. So, um, but obviously it's important to be around your family and, and have the ability to watch them or yeah. have them watch you play. Hey, last thing, how much are, how much from your vantage point? Cause like, you know, you've, played college football, you coach college football, you're coaching high school football to a high degree now. Uh, how much is name, image, and likeness? What's it going to do, good or bad, do you think, for the youngsters? Or young, yeah. These guys are young men. But yeah. just what's, what's, your, what's your take on it, I guess? I've been wrestling with this a lot in my mind the last couple of days and for a while. And there's obviously pros and cons with it, right? And the people, I think the people who have good intentions, they're going to use it correctly, right? They're going to use it to the way it's intended. But the people who were breaking the rules before are just going to expand on that and, and do what they were doing anyways, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and cross the new line. And so, um, but I do think that, uh, I think it's the right thing. I think the kids that, uh, you know, that their names are not on the back of their jersey, but their face is on a video game. Well, yeah, the video game's making considerable amount of money or whatever it may be, or the, the jersey that's hanging up in the bookstore, whatever it may be, right? And so yes. um, I'm really excited for them in that part, right? Um, I think there's going to be a huge learning curve in terms of uh, of the business aspect of it, right? Uncle Sam's going to get his part. Yes. <laughs> um, you better you better, you better, better know you have an Uncle Sam now, you know? I think some yeah. of these youngsters don't, but go ahead. Yes. And so I know schools like UW and Cal are, are forcing their freshmen to take specific classes that are going to help them through this process. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and so, but I, I'm all for it. Right. And I think, um, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to cross the line and do things like that. And I think that's what everybody's worried about. Right. And that's, you know, and I think people who argue that these athletes are getting $150,000 scholarship and they get all this, why aren't they just happy with that? Um, don't truly understand the process. Don't truly understand what happens, right? Like, um, you know, I have used me as an example. I have 14 screws in my ankle for playing football at UW, right? Like, they treated me great, but I'd rather not have 14 screws in my foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Most people are that set off the metal detector when they go through the uh, airport. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so there, there's, there's, um, there's going to be a learning curve. I think they're going to iron it out as they go. All the stuff is a little bit etched in sand right now. Um, but I think the, the NCAA made the right decision. Hey, uh, you know, you know, if, if you already had a, a sponsor or if you already had a hookup already, of course, you know, who knows where it's going. But, I mean, just to, are you amazed by – I don't know how much you're on social media and stuff, but are you amazed by how much – publicity and whatever this decision got and the lead up to it. I mean, is it that, that see, that's, what's different even from your time too, because it was really coming along when you were, when you were being recruited, but now it's on another level, three, three other levels. Are you, are you amazed by what brand these guys already have coming out of high school? You know, Hey, there's another one. There's a name image in like this future. Yeah. That's uh, my grandson's here. I'm going to get him on in a minute. Go ahead. Man. <laughs> Uh, he'll be three next month, the size of a baby gorilla. So, <laughs> but are, are are you amazed by? I mean, JT already has a brand, you know, to a certain extent. He does, you know, and I think, um, you know, I'm I'm assuming some of that went into his decision, right, of how he's going to expand that brand and how he is going to uh, make himself marketable and all those kinds of things, right? And that's yeah. a whole 
different. I can't even wrap my head around that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we used to make a joke. Uh, my dad used to make a joke that when I was being recruited, I had you 20 years too late, right? <laughs> um, and so now it's like everything has changed. And yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, like I had Urban Meyer on my podcast last week and we were talking about that very thing. And he goes, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be, he said, as he said, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but it's definitely going to be different. It's going to ever, there's going to be a lot of chaos, especially in the beginning, you know, when he's, Kids, people are like you were talking about a while ago, unscrupulous or scrupulous people are throwing money at you to do this, that, and the other. And how do you, we, you got to have somebody helping you through it. And that's, I think the best thing is now they're going to have the ability to have that extra person in their life who maybe can help them navigate. Do you, do you agree with that? I mean, what's your, what's your opinion? Yeah, I think, um, I think because they're truly going into the business world right now. Yeah. They, they have to have somebody to lean on and whether that be, I don't know, a family member or business manager, whoever, right? And I'm, I don't know what percentage of people we're talking about, right? I, that's the part exactly. I'm interested to see, right? Are we talking about, is it just going to be the quarterback or the, the high profile guys on the team? Is it going to be, um, you know, it, I'm, I'm curious to see how all this is going to work in terms yeah. of, um, you know, what does it mean for the kid who's playing golf or, or whoever right and so um you know it's there's probably more questions than answers right now yeah real quick before you go the, the the best thing about it though is if a golfer like at ohio state wants to put on a clinic somewhere you know and charge for it you know for example there's all kinds of ways you can like take advantage of this situation now especially mm-hmm. now that it's law in the state of ohio you know so uh yeah. You know, in the you know who you know the, the finally the instant blade got off its duff after like you know seeing this coming down the road for the last three eight years you know but uh, hey last thing I know I say that but that's my calling card but this will be my last thing when people watch JT play football uh, what's going to jump out at them about him that's different from other players you've seen come through other players you've played with other players you've coached. What is going to be different about this man? Because it seems like when you watch him on video, he just sort of appears, you know, at the scene of the crime, so to speak. But uh, what's going to what's going to what's going to set him apart? What what should people watch for more than anything else? Um, I would say just because well, I've seen him in person so much, right? His ability to get 265, 70 pounds moving that quickly, right? So yeah. you may have heard of a guy by the name of Randy Hart. Yeah. Uh, uh, who I'm really good friends with and lives here in Seattle. Uh, you know, his big thing was speed to power. And so, and, and when you get to where you're going, you have bad intentions and bad attitude when you get there. And that's kind of who JT is. And his ability to get off um, and uh, at the point of attack um, have a collision that means something. And so, uh, you know, and he's really, really bright. And you know, he, he understands. He loves the game of football in terms of studying it and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to do a great job. But to, in a nutshell, to answer your question, um, you know, when he makes contact with something, with somebody, it means something. Yeah, I was going to say he'll have more than one move. <laughs> hey, by the way, Randy Hart, one of my favorite people ever. He was he coached at Ohio State when I first started uh, covering Ohio State back in the eighties, early at nineteen eighty four. One of the more intense individuals too I ever met. Uh, you agree? 100%. So uh, I was, I played at UW, GA yeah. Um I was in his son's wedding, 
Greg, him and my his son are great friends, but uh, uh, Randy is one of the best people on the face of the planet. We are my friends and I who who played still tell Randy Hart stories in terms of uh, morning mat drills and stuff like that. And uh, you know, as you get older, that that cold callous person you thought he was was really just somebody who was preparing you for real life. Um, you know, and so uh, I've, I've gotten to know Randy quite a bit, and I, I really, really enjoy him. Yeah, I was going to say, tell him, Tim May said hi. I mean, uh, he will remember me, I guarantee you. And number two, like you said, he put the mask on, you know, when he was coaching, and he took the mask off when you were just talking with him. I mean, you know what I mean? And that yeah. You got to do that, man. You, you know, you got to – you sometimes got to be two people or else you go nuts, you know. But, uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dominic Dasty, uh, you're now one of my favorite people, Dominic. I appreciate you joining me on the Tim May Podcast, man. Uh, it's crazy what you can do in this modern age, isn't it? Uh, even with the pandemic, you still have a face-to-face conversation. Exactly. Well, uh, best of luck to you guys all out there. And uh, hopefully if you guys make it out here soon. I think you, do we does UW play Ohio State? I, I, I can't remember when they do. I think it's on the schedule sometime. But I can't re- – you know, you're now you're catching me off guard. I'm 67. I have a hard time recalling. But I do remember Randy Hart. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be coming to the big screen there no matter what. Ohio State Buckeyes are going to be ranked number in the top four of the country. And uh, and I'm telling you, uh, folks that don't know, JT is getting a heck of a run, man. And, uh, you know, teaming up with Jack Sawyer, this is the best defensive line recruiting class I've ever seen at Ohio State. And because the Bosa's only came one at a time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but Dominic, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you.